You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to another edition of Grind Season. This is Anthony Sane here along with Jason Smith. Jason, what's going on, my brother? Doing well, brother. Doing well. Last time we talked, Grizzlies had lost a couple in a row. So feeling a lot better even coming off the loss to Boston. Mm-hmm. Was it three out of the last four, Sane? So right. feeling good. Happy to be here. Good to see you, brother. Yeah, man. I, I took a couple of days off for my birthday. Uh, I, I let you know I was not going to be no good uh, on, the, on those evenings. So, uh, yeah, we had to take those days off. We are back. We promise you guys two shows a week. You will get two shows a week. Uh, this is episode three, I believe, that we've done. Yeah, this is the nice. third one. Uh, like you said, uh, the last time we talked, the Grizzlies were coming off of two humbling losses to the Utah Jazz. Since then, uh, they've been three and one since the last time we spoke with wins over Portland. Uh game was a little bit closer than uh, – a little bit too close for comfort. Uh, big blowout win against Charlotte. A Washington game that got kind of ugly. And a tough loss Monday night against Boston. Um, I'm not really one for moral victories, but I will I will say that that, that game did feel good last night. Uh, had kind of a Rocky one uh, type vibe to it, uh, the way that we kind of came back towards the end, hung around, came back at, at the end of the game and uh, and uh, almost won the game. I mean, you know, even even though, um, you know, Boston was up, had a nice little lead with a few minutes left in the game, the Grizzlies were able to, to tighten it up. Um, how does that loss last night make you feel about the team pretty much so far this season? Like th- to me, it makes me think like, all right, you know, we, we somewhere where we're supposed to be like that. The way we look yesterday, even in a loss made me feel good about how the season's going so far. Well, I think you have to saying, and, and, and two, you know, we've been talking about Jaron Jackson being gone all season long mm-hmm. and hopefully he's back you know, soon in terms of reestablishing that defense. And we're seeing signs of a of a team that's getting back defensive. But last night, too, you didn't have Steven Adams, who we know has been mm-hmm. so key for you. More on him later. But averaging 11 mm-hmm. rebounds, it's a career high for him. You take that out of the lineup as well. And you still hold the Celtics, you know, reigning Eastern Conference champions, were in the finals last year, to 109 points. Remember last time we came in here saying, we were mm-hmm. saying five of their first seven, They'd given up 120 or more points per game. Right. Well, they 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 they've shut that down here basically mm-hmm. over the last four. Um, right. in, in a lot of ways, haven't gone over 109 in terms of what you've given up. The the 109 mm-hmm. we saw money from Boston in terms of what you've given up over the last four. So so back to the back to your question. I think you have to feel real good that you were in it right there with the Eastern Conference champions to the end without Jaron Jackson, without Stephen Adams. Feels like a broken record saying saying we've been saying without so much early on this season mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but again the, the Grizzlies have been doing this uh much in the way with a with a patchwork lineup and so to be right there again with Boston after falling down fighting back I think it says a lot about this team and a lot about what Taylor Jenkins is getting out of a unit right now that doesn't have several key parts of it yeah man I think it was really encouraging like you said we will talk about uh Stephen Adams later on in the show uh how important he is to this team 
Uh, we're going to dedicate a whole segment to that later on in the show. Also, we're going to return uh, who brought the seasoning. It's, it's, yes. it's, it's back, man. We took a, we took an episode off, but who brought the seasoning? We'll be back. We'll let you know who impacted the team, uh, either in a good or a bad way, uh, since the last time we spoke. Um, but one thing I will say about uh, the game on yesterday is that um, – you you feel like after that game that you're on the level of those type of teams in some type of way, you know, that you can compete. The Boston was without their guy too now. Robert Williams was out. He's he's your all defensive, you know, all defensive player of the year type, you know, all NBA first team type guy as well. Um, like we were missing Jaron Jackson Jr., but still um to hang with that Boston team um was very encouraging. Now I will say what was discouraging to me. Is Boston is so damn long, man. <laughs> They're so long on the wigs. Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. Yeah. Um, tough, man. Like, you know what I mean? Like, really, really hard to guard those guys. Then you got uh, uh, Marcus Smart, who's just, you know, a pest on defense, a reigning defensive player of the year. Um, they're tough, man. They're they're really tough. And, and then he added guys uh, in the offseason. They kind of add to what they're doing. Um, they're – that team is that team is really good. And I think they're going to be good again, regardless of the coaching situation. I think they're still going to be good this year. And Jason Tatum just simply incredible. It seems like he just gets up for coming home uh, here to Memphis. I call it home. He's not from here, of course. He's from St. Louis. This is probably the closest city to him. And of course, he has those War Eagle ties. Uh, uh, of, of course, you know he's from St. Louis or whatever. But um, yeah, man, Jason Tatum's incredible. That part is discouraging because you're watching the game, you feel close to those guys, then you feel so far apart too. Because it's like we don't have guys that can match up with that six, seven, six, eight, you know, wing skilled guys like that with Tatum and Brown. They've got two of them. They got two of the best in the league on one team, and they're so hard to match up with, man. But um, I feel good. I feel good after that game. There are some things that I will take away that I will say negatively about the game, but I'll hand it off to you first. What are some things that you kind of were concerned about uh, after the game yesterday? I, I just think, again, when you're talking about a one-possession game uh, with a team that you mentioned, Jason Tatum, as good as he is, Jalen Brown, you know, a combination that last night gave them 60 points. Mm-hmm. You know, to be in that game against that quality of opponent without several of your key pieces, you know, saying what it got me to thinking of, man, how much different would this look Mm-hmm. If you've got Jaron, if you've got Steven, and you can limit a couple of those opportunities where maybe Boston's getting a second or a third chance when you've got those guys, what does it look like then? You know what I'm saying? You're never going to stop. I call him light-skinned LeBron. You're never going to stop mm-hmm. Jason Tatum completely. Right. But, when, when again, what would it look like if you were closer to full strength? I realize they didn't have the key piece in Robert Williams in terms of defensively, but I just think I have a hard time thinking the Grizzlies aren't right there at that right. level, mm-hmm. especially when at full strength, when you watch a game like last night and it comes down to, to one possession. You know, John Morant is a big part of that. And last night it just felt like, okay, he's giving you 30 pretty re- relatively efficiently too. And last night, you know, your big two, you him and Bain, are you know, combined it's it's 49. Doesn't match mm-hmm. up. We saw we saw earlier this season. You know, yeah, Kyrie, we saw, for 80. We saw exactly <laughs> yeah. and Ja outscore Kyrie and KD on mm-hmm. a night where they were trying to kill you offensively. And so, again, I tell you, you know, you're right there. What would this look like if you're whole? And and at the least, at the least when you're whole, saying it feels like if, if not just if not right there, not, not much than just a notch down. And so, again, you know, to be able to get this done to improve defensively the way they have here over the last four games, no opponent going over 109. They were giving up 120 before they got up out of bed those first seven games. You, you know, you're seeing good signs. Again, coming after a loss, I, I just 
more encouraging things, I think, than discouraging sitting right. here at seven and four. No question about that. Right. Especially, like you said, knowing that Jaron is coming sometime soon. Uh, yes, there's been some kind of subliminal stuff he's putting out there that makes it feel like he's coming sometime this month. Um, I've Pardon? got my own. I think he's going to be back sometime next week. I think I, that's what it sounds like. Saying sound like you're breaking. Yeah. Sound like he was telling people at his uh, appearance uh, yeah. the other day at a local restaurant, Wing Guru, uh, that he'd be back within the week. Now I don't know if that was back to you know five on five or back, but it saying mm-hmm. it feels like just like you're saying, like it's like it's really close. Yeah, it feels like it's gonna be. It feels like it's gonna be really close. That is a good feeling. That's really assuring. There are a couple things about last night that I will be Debbie Downer about. Okay. Uh, number one. We got a lot of bad dealing last night. We, we we did see the effort and energy on defense. There was a play where he missed a layup, then he came down, he stole a pass, did like a behind-the-back pass for a layup or something like that, which is incredible. Classic trick-or-treat dealing. But we kind of saw him in key moments kind of taking some bad shots that kind of put him in a bad place. That's one thing that I will say that, you know, Dylan. We've seen we've seen things. We've been, what if Dylan got it? You know, what, what if, what if the, the light bulb is finally hit where he realizes the best way to get his money is just to fit in with this team and be just a complete player who who does everything and just kind of plays off a job, plays off a of bane. Uh, but last night we saw him playing a little hero ball. That was a little discouraging because, like I said, man, Dylan give up and Dylan take him away, man. You know what I mean? We we want to see him be uh, this player who fits in more into what the team's doing. But, you know, it, it seems like in the worst times he'll, he'll rear his ugly head, taking bad shots, air balls, you know, turnovers, those type of things. Uh, something else I'm worried about. Um, ja Morant last night. Ja had a big game. Can't remember his stat line yesterday. But just kind of pulling away from the, that individual game, just over the last few games, it's almost like Ja's abandoning his mid-range game. And when I mid-range game, I mean the pull-ups, the floaters. It's like everything with him. Now, his three-point shot, I love the amount of threes he's taking. I love them. Of course, I love the ones he's, he's making. Five, five of 12 last night. Yeah. Right. He was, he was you know, putting them up. He was letting them fly, and he was locking down threes last night. He's been locking down the entire season. But with him, it's almost like it's, I'm going to shoot. I'm going to step back and shoot a three, or I'm going to try to take the ball all the way to the all back. The when teams are giving him that mid-range. And I think he can be so, so much deadly because he gets down there. He gets frustrated. He's not getting the foul calls. He's almost like he's playing for the foul sometimes. He's getting frustrated by those type of things. But if he could hit that mid-range shot, he'd be literally be unguardable. You know what I mean? Um, trusting his teammates a little bit more. And I think what it is, Jaws' game, probably ever since he's picked up a basketball, has been based on his athleticism, getting to the basket. With that being, you know, playing A, B, and C. Now he's adding the three-point shot. And this summer, he's worked on the mid-range. He's, he, we know he has a crazy floater anyway. Um, I think it's just, it's just a comfort thing. I think he's kind of um, maybe afraid to just, you know, go and trust. I think it might be a trust thing where he's just afraid to really trust what he's worked on this summer. But I think if he just, you know, relaxes, trusts himself and what he knows he put the work in in the lab this summer, I think that we'll see his game get more complete because he's been super uh, uh, frustrated on the court with some of the uh, just shots he's missing, some of the defensive coverages, uh, not getting foul calls. But I just really hope he can open up with that, that mid-range game. Like that's – that's just kind of one of my things that I'm kind of um, frustrated about about last night because we saw it a lot last night, some late game turnovers, things like that. But we're talking about one of the better players in the league, and you know he's going to figure it out. No, I'm, I'm glad you brought up this point. We'll start with with what your, your concerns about Ja in terms of, you know, either the three-point shot or taking it either too far in. You know, I thought, you know, Brevin mentioned this, if I'm not mistaken, the other night, that mm-hmm. he thought Ja was pulling up a little late 
on some mm-hmm. of those floaters and getting too far in. Yeah. And, and you got to think too now, saying you make a great point. Defenses, defenses have adjusted to him now and know he's coming and trying yeah. to get now. Trying. I think part of it, he's feeling his way through. Part of it, mm-hmm. you start the season, you're getting those superstar calls. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think he thinks he's got a better chance of getting those calls right at the rim here of late and less of one if he's going back to the mid-range. But th- there, there, there's a balance there. Give me the two and, points. You know what I mean? Like, 100%. Yeah. I, and you can knock that down like we've seen it. Whether whether it's literally that floater or it's the pull-up, he's got that ability. And I just think he's been going away from it a little mm-hmm. bit of late, feeling his way through. I think you're absolutely right. Pull that up there. These defenses mm-hmm. are waiting there on you to come inside, and lately it's been arms up, and they've been playing you the right way. Mm-hmm. I'm with you. Find find that balance again, and then and then back to Dylan. You know, we talk about you know Josh sort of filling his way through with that that mid range game and and where to use it. I think for him, man, you know, because last night, uh, last night's the first time that you had Bain, Dylan, Ja, all three of them together and lost. You had been five right. and zero. Oh, in 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 games that all you'd had all three of them. We're talking about has been patchwork, right? You've only so so you've only had six games where all three of them together. I, I feel you on Dylan, and last night we saw him pressing. Um, I, I will say, you know that that it's coming on a night where Bain's only giving you nineteen. I, I can, it, it's almost like I can feel him trying to. Do, am I pushing the gas too hard? Now it's time for me to push the gas when when maybe they don't need it. It's it's that feeling through for him and. And in a lot of ways, listen, I, you and I have talked about this off air, on air, you know, in a season where contract year, you figure in Dylan Brooks's mind, I'm going to get the most money in terms of fridge, see everything else. If I do the most, if I score right. the most, uh, play the best defense, show I'm a playmaker. But it's so essential for the Grizzlies this year for him to fit in, to go back mm-hmm. to where you started this whole thing, to right. fit in that spot. And so it's kind of runs counter like we've said, to what you would think his mindset is. But I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt early. It didn't look good at times last night. But for the most part, he I, I think he is finding his spots and where, most importantly, look, I need to defer. Because Dylan's never been about deferring. That's that. Right. That's the main lesson for him is, is, is when am I giving it up to the guys, you know, to Desmond and to Ja. And, and, yes, it's been up and down. It's been frustrating at times. But I'll take the record five and one uh, when he's in there with those two other mm-hmm. guys. And I will say this, saying it leads us to the question we started off episode one with. It, it goes back to, well, how much do does this organization really need him, right? right? Can it can it get the best parts of Dylan somewhere else, or does that edge he brings, saying even when he's having a bad game, yeah, off how valuable team, is it? That's is that edge something that's that's com- you know integral right. for this team with its DNA? Because that's been part of it too, and it's been mm-hmm. part of their rise. But I, I'm with you. It's been it's been up and down for Dylan, no question about it. Hopefully, he's going to find a nice little middle yeah. ground like we're talking about John in that mid-range game. Right. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And going back to job real fast, as we segue um, to talking about Stephen Adams, we we know like John's frustrations hit different when Stephen Adams is not on that court. You know what I mean? Because there's a reason why when you when you took Jonas Valanciunas, who was a scoring big, when you took him out of the equation, you bring in Stephen Adams, who's a uh, pick and roll big, just one of the most phenomenal 
you know, screen setters in the league, a guy who was setting picks for Russell Westbrook during the peak of his career. When you bring that type of guy in, it makes Jaw's job that much easier. You know what I mean? And with 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 Adams being away last game, and then even in that uh, that uh, Washington game, which got a little bit too close for comfort, we saw the difference when Stephen Adams is not on the court. Yeah. And I'll throw that out to you now. Is Stephen Adams like like? Do you you're before Stephen Adams was here? We were a playing team. You add Stephen Adams to this team, and you have the second best record in the West. John Morant is an All Star starter, second team All NBA. How important? I'm not trying to say just because of Steve Adams those things, but I'm I'm throwing that out there to you. Like, how important is Stephen Adams to this team? Because I'm my eyes are being open. Like, this guy is hell of important. I'm even well, going back. To, I'm rethinking the playoffs last year. Even at this point, you know what I mean? Yeah, and it's not just it's not just defensively. I I think where he makes the most impact is what you mentioned, saying is he All makes the game so much easier for Ja. Mm-hmm. It's right. a, it's a lot, it's opened up, you know, the the paint for Ja, and that's mm-hmm. why he's been among the leads leading paint scores the last with Stephen Adams right. on the squad. It's completely opened up. Whereas Jonas, we we know the deal, would ask for that ball, want that ball down there, and operated better in the paint and as a scorer. Mm-hmm. Adams is there to make it easier for you offensively, and so in unlocking Ja, you unlock this team offensively. And I think you know we talk about as much we talk about this team's defensive struggles early on this season. You know, your top ten offensively and a lot of that's been how efficient jaw's been so you make you make it easier for him now that the one thing that you don't get as much of is that role opportunity right for steven mm-hmm. I, you know that's one thing you've been you know begging him to do more this year is roll hard to that basket no you're not the high flyer but there will be opportunities for yeah. you at that basket been yeah. trying to get him to do more of that but he's mm-hmm. so unselfish saying it's mm-hmm. it's always about freeing up that point guard in this case freeing up john morant to go make those plays. Then defensively, we've seen it. I mean, I just, you know, we talked about it. it's 11 rebounds per game. That's a That would be a career high for him uh, in terms of his career. And, and rebounds so key, man, when we're t- you're talking about limiting teams to one shot per possession. You know, mm-hmm. you start giving you, – you got Jaron out already. You know, Steven Adams not there last night. And I will say, I mean, for the most part, you handled yourself relatively well on the boards without him and without Jaron. But he is – Saying he's made it the game so much easier for Jaw. It's unlocking yeah, the team offensively. And you feel it when he's out out there. That Washington game, man. When he came back in, I was like, "Oh shit, Stephen Adams is back. We about to win this shit." You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I couldn't believe this what I was saying. But man, it's something else we're leaving out too. When we talk about his value offensively, we can do a whole segment about him defensively because he's really, you know, stepped it up a notch. Um, offensively, how many of those bad Dylan shots that we're complaining about today? Or those shots where, man, if John had just pulled the floater a little faster, or maybe if John didn't try to go all the way to the basket, that Stephen Adams grabs the offensive rebound on. Right. That he's one of the league leaders in offensive rebound and turns into a kick out to the Devin Bain for a three or catching a cutter or passing it back out to John who hits a little floater or back to whoever. How many, how many points? How, how many how many possessions have been extended simply because Stephen Adams is a maniac on the offensive boards? He covers up a multitude of sins, man, on this team. He's um, like I said, man. I've been taking the dude for granted, but I've really taken a close eye at him. Plus, he stepped his game up. He admitted that defensively, there were things that he struggled with last year. He didn't really understand key concept of his concepts of his defense, but he's figured those things out and he's implemented those things. We've seen him been a better rim protector. He's been the better defensive rebounder. He's been better. He's had better just court awareness on the defensive end, and we've seen that from him putting the work in. You're talking about a guy who's 
he looks a lot older. You think he's a lot older because he played against those grit and grind grizzly teams as a rookie, but he's only like what 29 years old. He's mm-hmm. not that much older than the rest of these guys. He's a guy who, whether he's starting or coming off the bench, whatever he's doing, he's he's a very important key to this team going forward. And I'm yeah. Man, I, I I confess, I've been sleeping on Stephen Adams for the last year and a half, looks like. Well, listen, I, I think you need him saying, uh, and, and maybe you disagree, maybe you don't, mm-hmm. but when you've got a player like Jaron Jackson who operates as much as he does, you know, outside the paint, three-point line, mm-hmm. everything else, we know Jaron Jackson's done, you know, last year was a better rebounding year for him, but that's not, that's not him. And so I've always thought, you know, there's a time where you thought, Jaron Jackson, this front office's plan was to to make him the center of the future. I think he's better when he's got a Stephen Adams next to him. Mm-hmm. That it, it's as simple as that as doing doing the dirty work. It allows Jaron to play his game. Now that done, that's not taking responsibility from him. He has got to be a better rebounder at his size and everything he's else. He's got to stay on the court. He's got to stay on the court, whether it's injuries that, or fouls. A hundred percent. And 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 there are going to be times, saying, and we know this, where he is at the five. Where that's your best lineup in there, particularly with matchups. But I, I, I would tell you that Jaron Jackson's better as a starting four next to a center like Stephen Adams in the regular season. That is sacrificing for everybody else. Just, right. I, you know, I don't know what the future holds in terms of Jaron. What's going to be it next to him? You know, five, six years from now. Mm-hmm. But right now, right now, right. And, and I think for the time being, this is what he needs next to him. And so again, you know, whether it's week, two weeks. You know, just getting back because again, you, you've improved defensively. Stephen Adams has been a big part of that, of the improvement here over the last few games. But you're going to have to readjust again when you get Jaron Jackson back. Mm-hmm. But in this case, it'll be an easier readjustment because again, Jaron covers up so much. But I'm with you because Adams is perfect too. Feels yeah, like man. to me, next to Jaron Jackson, he's what Jaron needs right now at this yeah, point in his career. For sure, for sure. Uh, you again, you're listening to Grind Season with Anthony Sane and uh, Jason Smith. Here on the Odyssey Network, we're all available on all of your major podcast networks as well. Make sure you guys subscribe. Thank you for listening so far today. Wrapping up the show with the segment that we love to talk about uh, that really kind of identifies kind of who we are, what we are, the seasoning. Uh, Jason Smith is what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about who brought the seasoning to the Memphis Grizzlies since the last time we spoke, those two losses in Utah. Now the Grizzlies are three games, uh, three have won three of the last four, um, including that loss on Monday night against Boston. I'm going to hand it off to you, Jason Smith. Who brought the seasoning, good or bad? What kind of season it was? Tell us about the seasoning that has been brought since the last time we talked. All right, I could go I could go uh, obvious here with some obvious names. John Morant's been unbelievable all year long. Uh, Desmond Bain had been on a on a heater, particularly here before that mm-hmm. Boston game. I'm going to go a, bit, a little bit different. I'm going to dig a little okay. bit deeper. Okay. So he's, putting up, he's putting some salt on things, and in this case, I mean the good salt. Yeah, not, case, not the little cheap. No, 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 no. This, 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 lady with the umbrella. This, this, no, is, this, this is the good stuff, and it's John Conchar. Over okay. the, the Grizzlies are three and one over the last four, as you pointed out. And over those four games, John Conchar off the bench now. Remember, one point this season, you're asking him to start. Now he's coming off the bench. 12 of 21 from the field overall, shooting 57%. Eight of 15 from three in the four games. That's a 53% clip that included a four of seven last night in the three-point loss to the Celtics. So that's that's eight and five. It's eight points and five rebounds off the bench in four games. His plus-minus in the four, plus 13 versus Portland, plus 17 versus Charlie. He's minus one versus Washington, plus 12 versus Boston. I bring this up, saying, mm-hmm. and, and I think you'll like this, Come because on, last year, 
mostly from that second unit. Mm -hmm. Anthony Melton averaged 10.8 and 4.5, so about 11 points per game, five rebounds. He shot 37% from three. Last point, essentially from Conchar, you're getting eight eight points, so three points less, uh, more Mm -hmm. rebounding, and a much better clip from three. John Conchar is shooting 43%, basically 44% from three this season, and for his career, he's over 41%. He's a better three-point shooter than Melton. So, so any idea that you were going to have a huge drop off, right? Losing, you know, decide to let uh, trade DeAnthony Melton, let him go. I, I would say John Conchar, whether starting or coming off the bench, has done a fairly decent, d- good to decent job in terms of trying to fill that fill that void off the bench. So I give my I give my season award John Conchar. Uh, he ain't the pepper; he's the salt. I give him the see, and this is the good kind of salt. Um, everything that's been asked of him, he's doing. Are, are there, you know? Is there a difference defensively between him and DeAnthony? Absolutely. But again, you knew that coming into the season. And for what John Conchar has been asked to do, I think he's filled the role really well. Mm-hmm. I, I, I like them. I like them. Well, I'm going to get my season today. I got to tell a story with mine. You know, I got to I gotta tell a story. It ain't got shit to do with that, uh, Jason Smith. Okay. But today I was I made me some wings today in the air fryer, right? Yep. And uh, so I, I went to the store today. Uh, went to Cash Savers is where I went. And I went to Cash Savers because I was looking for some Wing Guru season. If you if you were from Memphis or in the Houston area, Dallas area, Nashville, you've heard of Wing Guru, uh, sponsor 92.9, all those type of things. Good friend of mine, Billy Richmond. So his season is in the store, right? So I got some uh, I got some uh, uh, Guru Gold, which is the honey gold sauce, and I got some Slap Your Mama season. You ever heard of it? Yes. I bought some Slap Your Mama, the the, the hot kind. I didn't know it came a different kind. I got that's so why I got the hot. So I, when I cook the wings, I cook the wings with the slap your mama on them. Then I dipped them in, in the in the guru gold, right? Yeah. So when I tasted them, the, the 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 overwhelming taste was the guru gold. That was the top taste, but it was a nice little flavorful kick underneath it. That was a foundational dirty work type of piece. You see where I'm going with this milk? Yes. You know what yes, I'm saying? I do. Yes, I do. That was slap your mama season. So today, my guy, the man pockets sitting a little bit heavier, dress looking a little bit tighter. He was wearing some busted KDs. He got the brand new KDs this year. My boy Brandon Clark, man. <laughs> the boy got the the boy got the, the check. He confident. He playing within himself. He ain't stressing about nothing. He got that money. He his his place in the rotation is set. He's playing with a guy like Santi Aldama when he comes off the bench. Yeah. Who 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 can play off of him? Who Santi's got the outside. He's got the inside. He can do his thing. He's not playing beside Steven Adams. And when Jaron comes, you know he's gonna be cooking. He's rebounding. He's blocking shots. He's got the floater coming back. I'm my boy Brandon Clark has been playing ball the last few games since the last time we came. I'm excited to see it, which is another thing. I hate to go back to this, but I'm going to give a shout out to somebody that said this on Twitter. My boy Carmen, when you get lost on Twitter, said this about Dylan Brooks, and I hope that he's listening. This I, I, I hate. <laughs> We're at the end of the show about to throw a whole other segment in about Dylan Brooks. Think about this. How do we know? Okay, this Grizzlies organization, right? They took care of Brandon Clark. They paid him. Jitty got his money. Jaron got his money. Ja got his money. They're not, they're a very transparent organization. Like we talked about the whole Dylan Brooks thing. Mm-hmm. I would be, I do not think that Dylan Brooks is in a situation like you traditionally see with teams where guys is out there and the team said, hey, just go do your thing. We'll we'll have this conversation this summer. I don't think it's that type of conversation with Dylan. I think they told him, dude, don't worry about proving yourself to us. We know what you do. The same thing with Brandon Clark. 
I think if Dylan looked at what Brandon Clark is doing, he could realize Brandon Clark's got paid just off of fitting in, just on accepting the role. You know what I mean? I, I'm hoping that's what Dylan's doing. I hope that he can get that through his head. But if not, I still give props to Brandon Clark for showing y'all. Like I said, he he wasn't the guru gold, man. He was that fire-ass season, the bundle that you tasted, a bundle that hunt that guru gold, man. The foundation hey, season that was, that was off the chain. Perfectly you know, done on, on Brandon Clark. On the, on the Brooks thing, don't you think it's a deal where they've told him, look, we got to re-sign Bain uh, yeah. uh, that, you know, next year. What we've got for you is 60 for four, mm-hmm. 15 per. And if Dylan was going to take that or say, you know what? Yeah, I want to be a part right. of, spe- uh, of something special. Right. We would have already had news of that. Don't, 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 you, don't, you, don't you think that's, that's there, there's only so high the Grizzlies can, can go based on everybody they've signed and, and, mm-hmm. and having to re-sign Bain, don't you think it's a deal where there's a number already there, a, a ceiling already there, and and that if if Dylan Brooks was was okay with 15 and and I'll be to, mm-hmm. to, to be part of something special, we would have already gotten news about a contract extension and everything else. I think I think we're both let's let's clarify we're both talking hypotheticals. We don't have any intel or anything. Sure. We but we are assuming that there was some type of extension already offered to him, and he said, "No, nah, I'm good." Yeah, you're not waiting if you're the Grizzlies right. till the end. I, yeah, I think that what may have happened is I think they had a realistic conversation with Dylan because one thing the Memphis Grizzlies ownership doesn't appear to be cheap. Robert Perry is one of the richest owners in pro sports period, and I, I don't think they're messed up about going even into the luxury tax to take care of their guys. Right. And I think Dylan. I think they may have told Dylan, Dylan, you have wiggle room between fifteen million. And twenty million dollars is what we're looking at for you, and I think Dylan's saying, "Okay, well, let me. I think I can get closer to twenty than to 15. I think mm-hmm. it may be one of those type of situations. Yeah. And like I said, he can do it, man. Like I'm, I'm. Could, could you fault him for that, saying? I know we've all no. said, "Man, take no. a little less, be part of something special, yeah. all that." But could you fault him? He for- don't have to. He can wait till this summer to get the same money. He can get this. You know, they can give him the same thing this summer. Right. And I ain't mad at him, man. Get your paper, bro. But uh, but yeah. Like I said, man, we're three out of our last four wins. We got the Spurs next, if I'm not mistaken. That's correct. Yeah, got the Spurs coming up next. Not sure what their Spurs team is doing. I think they're tanking. Sometimes you can't tell. No, and and then some statement opportunities saying after that against a Minnesota team. That mm-hmm. game will be nationally televised. And then after Washington again, you got you got that New Orleans team mm-hmm. for the first time this season. So right. opportunities for some statement games. Yeah, and hopefully, you know, hopefully saying we ain't talking too much longer before. We're talking about the return of Jaron Jackson. That the feels good. himself. Yeah, man. I'm going. I'm going to throw this out here as we wrap up the show. I'm. I am predicting. I put this on Twitter, and then people are like, "Yeah, I think he said something like that on this Instagram." If you read it, I said this before I read all that. I said this probably a month ago. I just ain't put it on Twitter. I think that Jaron comes back against Oklahoma City on the 11th. I think that's when he comes back, and because uh, Block Block Panther Night is. The next Friday, the next home game is at next Friday, the 18th, I believe. I think Jaron comes back that Friday, the 11th. It's just kind of he he said it's gonna be in November. It just feels like I mean I'm probably wrong. <laughs> I've been wrong before, but it's just a feeling I have. I think he's oh, back. You're, saying, you're saying the 11th of this month? Yeah, like next week. Okay, so that's I, that's okay. That's no the 11th of this month. Is, it's it's already the eighth, Saint. You talking about yeah. Minnesota? Yeah, no, hold on. November 11th is 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 the Minnesota Friday. game. Yeah, I think he comes back 11th Minnesota game. Okay, yeah, yeah, you were saying OKC, okay, but that's why I thought I thought in Minnesota. Okay, yeah, 
Yeah. In a few days, I think he's back. Wow. That sounds crazy. Though. But, I mean, it, I'm glad he, you went on and put it yeah. down so that we can claim it when uh, when he comes right. back against Minnesota. If, he, if he's not back for that game, I can't see it being passed uh, the 18th. Okay. I okay. feel it, man. I feel it. He's no got way. he's he's close. He's telling people he's close. He ain't gotta be close. He's over there uh, over there twerking on the sideline and, and, and bunny hopping and stuff, man. He, <laughs> dude, he ain't that damn hurt. <laughs> he ain't that damn hurt for nah, sure. He's man. ready to go, man. So let's yeah. put him to work. Let's put Jaron to work. Yeah, let's put him to work, man. Let's get him out there. Man, free free Jaron Jackson Jr. for sure. Well, uh Jason, man, we go ahead and wrap this up. Uh, another great uh, episode of Grind Season. Like I said, you guys can hear us um on the Odyssey Network. Um, download the Odyssey app, the free Odyssey app. You can hear us there. Um, you can hear Jason Monday through Friday from um, 11 to 2 on uh, 92.9 ESPN on the Odyssey app as well. I'm there every Friday. What's my time now? We switched my time over, right? 11.25 is yeah, the time. Yeah, every Friday, 11.25. You can hear me on there as well. Um, but, yeah, you can hear us on any, uh, wherever you listen to podcasts as well. We appreciate you guys. Make sure you're subscribing, man. And if you see the episode, share it, retweet it, put it on Facebook. Do what you do with it. But until we see you guys again this week, this is Anthony Sane for Jason Smith, and we are out.